obviously very different. But, but we, we also know that, recognize that in our context, um, it's actually good and healthy for us to slow down and to be a little con- contemplative and um, to just ponder some things as well. And so for a few minutes here this morning, uh, Tyler and I just want to have a, a little chat with each other and with you um, as we reflect on the last couple of um, uh, series that we've been doing. Um, we talked over Christmas about uh, covenant or promise, God's commitment, His agreements uh, with humankind. And our year theme, the theme this year is transformed. Our desire, our aim is over the course of this year to be transformed personally, but also as a church. And one of the ways that God uh, does this work of transformation is through the covenants or the agreements, these commitments that He makes to creation. But also, we believe, as we've been talking and preparing for this year, that our response of committing to Him is how we, in fact, are also transformed. We're living with God's promises. Promises that are, in the first instance, received not achieved. So even when we pass the, the communion bread and cup, it's something that we receive. And so too His promises, His commitments to us. So we join God. Uh, we participate with Him. So one of the things we are encouraging you to do is apply God's promises, His commitments to your life. Apply His commitments to your life and follow His will and His ways. We also invite you to make promises. Make a promise and keep it. That's divine. Whatever context you're in, whether it's someone in your family, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, a classmate, it's God's will. And it's a reflection of his very character. Promises in relationships that we have. But then also share these promises or these commitments that God has. Share them with other people. A lot of people have a skewed understanding of God's character. Who he is and what he does. But he is a God who makes and keeps promises. And so we have an opportunity to share that with other people. As Paul writes in Romans 12:1, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual form of worship. And so you give your life to Him, and in sharing and in walking in His ways... we have an opportunity to join and participate with Him. And I was thinking, I really, even personally, I desire for the divine and the extraordinary to show up in my ordinary. And that happens when we make and keep commitments and follow in Jesus' ways. But all of this is predicated on the reality that God speaks that He speaks to us, that He guides us, and that He actually is active in the world. 
And so I would like to rotate this. I don't know if you've heard this acronym, you know, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I think the better acronym is what is Jesus doing? Because he is active in your place of work, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your class at school. So our desire then, our, maybe our prayer is to have ears to hear, eyes to see, an extra dose of discernment, and for our imaginations to be awakened to what Jesus is actually doing presently, and in that process to be transformed. Tyler and I have been talking about commitments and, and what that looks like and what that means. And we wanted to just interact a little bit on this uh, this morning. Thanks, Gary. And I think you've set us up well for this because as we've been talking and preparing for this morning, this idea of commitment seems to be something that we struggle with relationally, vocationally, even spiritually. So how do we ensure in 2024 that we stay committed, we, us, individually, collectively, as a church? How do we stay committed to growing as a follower of Christ? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, this idea of we struggle with commitment um, is, I mean, shows up in so many ways in life. Uh, I mean, we've gone away from even the whole, um, you know, if you have a cell phone, um, you don't even want to have a contract. Uh, you don't want to be tied down for a year or two. Uh, you know, uh, don't fence me in. We struggle with, we don't like to actually uh, have commitments. So I think one of the ways we do this, one of the ways that we actually act this out is, of course, um, when you sign something, when you make an agreement with somebody, often you put your signature there or you put your initials. What you're doing with that, that's symbolic of you giving your word, you giving your character, you saying, I am committing, and you're, the, the signature is symbolic of that. And so I think that's something that we want to explore. But it's also taking steps, regular steps, simple steps in the course of our ordinary, regular days. And, and it's about being consistent, not extravagant. You know, I was talking earlier with Ed about, you know, it's a new year, resolutions, and so on. That's actually not entirely what we're talking about here this morning. Because people make resolutions, and it's kind of like, you know, whether it's a workout or a diet, and you, all of a sudden you put this huge thing together. I'm going to work out five times a week, and I'm going to work two hours at the gym, one hour early in the morning and one hour at night, or I'm going to go on this whatever diet, and I'm going to eat like three ounces of nothing for every day. Right? And we, we, we can't do it. By the time Wednesday hits, we're already in the pantry. Yeah. Right? The light is glowing from Absolutely. the pantry. Pantry lights are delicious. Yeah. Where's Coop? Yeah. Oh, I see him. Staff kitchen. Staff kitchen. So it's about consistency over magnitude. And so that's what we're going to unpack here a little bit as we, we get going. Yeah. So... You know, recently we had some baptisms and, and memberships. That's something that you facilitate. What kind of questions or what kind of commitments are involved with baptism and membership, for example? I think that's a great question. That was one of the things that we kept coming back to. We, 
we locate baptism in Advent. I think it's a significant season for us to locate that in. And we are intentional with putting those in the calendar because sometimes we need those plans and those dates that kind of drive our commitment. And when we talk about baptism, when we talk about membership, we do so with this language again of covenant. That it's not something simply that you're contractually obligating yourself to. It's, it's covenant. You recognize that when you make these steps of obedience and following Christ, you don't do so alone. Coming to faith, getting baptized, becoming members of a church is never something done in isolation. It is always something done in community. Mm. And so we do baptisms here on the stage. Right. We're a little hesitant to even go yeah. out to the Bow River because we want to locate it here in the context of community because it's important for us to recognize that we covenant with Christ and the church. Right. And that's an important thing for us to recall as we seek to grow as disciples of Jesus, that we do all of that in the context of community. Well, and I, I think one of the reasons we bring it up here is because, um, you know, if, if you were baptized um, or, or you, were a, you became a member here at Westview, um, you were actually, at that time, what we're doing is helping you to recall that y the commitments and the covenants that you made yeah. to Christ and the church. It's good for us to recall that. See, the enemy would want us to just downplay it or, or, or remove it from our, uh, our memory, um, but it's an opportunity for us to recall as, as we get into this new year. Yeah, I think it's important. And there's an image that uh, we were talking about that this Christmas, I don't know what you did, uh, we went to the movies, I took Noah to the new Aquaman, because that's what you do when you have a 14-year-old kid. Um, and so I sat through that. It was great, I'm sure. But one of the trailers that played while we were there preparing for Aquaman was this trailer for, maybe you saw it, it's called The Boys in the Boat. Wow. And it's the story of the 1936 University of Washington rowing team. And it's a true story of their preparation to compete in the 36 Olympics. And you might not know, in a week's time, Charity and I are going to be heading out uh, on a cruise. And uh, this image again of a boat really helped, I think, kind of get yeah, this familiar for us as to what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and what does it look like to covenant together. You know, are we going to be a part of that eight-man rowing team where we work together, where each person has a purpose and a point and a role, and working together is what is going to achieve the goals that we're looking to do? Or do we treat our journey of faith more like a cruise ship where we simply lay down and experience hedonistic glory <laughs> in the buffet on the Lido right. deck seven right. days a week? Yoga pants. Oh my goodness, I will be bringing them. No, you don't want to see that. You don't want that image. But it's that idea. Are we an eight-man rowing team or are we experiencing life simply like a cruise ship? Mm. And I think when we look at our own discipleship journey, it is so important for us to recognize that like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to, to 27, again, mm -hmm. that we are a body mm -hmm. made up of many different parts, but each of those parts having an integral purpose. None of them are useless. None of them are lesser than. They mm. are all significant and all a part of what will accomplish the will and plan and purpose that God has for us individually and for us as a church. The reality is we need each other. Mm. That is so good, dude. I, I like that imagery and I like the, 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 the point that you're also making is that each one of you that is here and on live stream. Each one of you is a valued person, a valued person to our creator. And 
The Lord has given you spiritual gifts and abilities and passions. And the enemy wants to downplay that or to have you discount yourself because of your age or something else. But the reality is, as you were saying, that each person is a valued person to Christ our Creator and the church, an image bearer. You know, getting, get a little more specific. So we talked about, you know, commitments that we made if we've been baptized or become a member or, or that sort of thing. But specifically, what does it look like, like practically here at Westview? Yeah, we call those ministries. If you've grown up in the church, you understand what that word is. And if you go into our website, you click under the ministries tab, you will see a number of different ministries that we believe God has called us to that he has raised up individuals and leaders to give leadership to those so that we can equip the saints for the work of ministry. We're not here just to be the professionals on the stage telling you what to do. We're here to empower you to use the gifts and abilities you have to be able to gather others who have that similar desire and passion and to experience the transforming work of Christ through a variety of those ministries. Yeah. And before I get a little specific, we were talking about this, an illustration that I came up and kind of had a realization with as we look at kind of coming out of this post-pandemic season. If there has been one indicator that has more clearly summed up our collective desire and our awareness for our need of being together, of gathering together, no other indicator is greater than the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. You laugh, but it's true. I might not be a Swifty, but my daughter is, and I recognize this living a little bit through her lens. This tour has demonstrated with absolute clarity the incredible power of gathered community around a central figure. So what is church? It is a gathered community around a central figure. And those who go and spend hours and hours trying to buy tickets. We had a friend over at Christmas for dinner, and she secured tickets to the Vancouver show. You should have seen my daughter's face. I know, I know. <laughs> when it's she true. found out that she was going and Talia wasn't. If you got tickets, give them to me. But this gathered, shared human experience is what ministry is, what ministries are that we gather together with our eyes focused on Christ, seeking to become more like him. And we need that. Whether we realize it or not, we are designed yeah. for this. Yeah, it's true. And what's kind of weird about it with this whole, you know, Taylor Swift thing and You've got daughters, you get it. Uh, well, you know what? It came up uh, in my hockey team, in my, oh my hockey goodness. dressing room, uh, which is like, okay, mostly I can't refer to anything that's said or spoken in my... But, but there are guys that are saying, yeah, my daughter, my whatever. Um, but what's interesting is not only the live concerts, but, but people that couldn't get to or couldn't afford or couldn't get access to tickets were going to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay? So that's new. And, and what, what Tyler and I have been talking about and what he, he is putting forward is that that's evidence of the, the I mean, science, I, I could get my science books out, and they're the ones that have said, oh, we're designed to be in community. Well, yes, but that, that's evidence of it, that we're designed to be in community. So when the church talks about ministries, what we're really talking about is the, the activities that 
as a church, help us build community because in the community of Jesus' followers, that's how our faith is shaped. It's shaped in the community that we're in. So that's really what we're talking about here. And, and so specifically, if we're talking, you know, getting down to the brass tacks. Yeah. I mean, we need community groups. We need to be in groups of community. One of the things that we've had for a number of years, many of you are a part of them, you've given leadership to them, are what we call community groups. You can call them cell groups, small groups, life groups. I've given up trying to keep it one name. I've just lost that battle with y'all, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, call it what you want, but gather. Right. And I would love in 2024 to see Westview desire that area more. Mm -hmm. That we would lead out, that you would open your home, that you would gather here at the church, that you would meet at a coffee shop or wherever it is, that you would see value in community and that we would see more people step up and say, I'll lead, I'll right. take the risk. I'll do this. I'll open up my home. I'll go to the coffee shop at X time on X day. I just want to be available for God to work in and through me so that others can gather as well. And that yeah. would be my heart's cry. Yeah, no, it's so, and I mean, so we're kind of jumping up and down here right now because we're passionate about this, but community groups or life groups are um, integral to the health and well-being and the growth of our church, yeah. of Westview. Um, and again, in this idea of not taking on more and making it large, it can be simple, it can be straightforward, it can be once a month, it can be twice a month. You can meet over a meal. Once a month, you meet over a meal. You and have you, to eat. You have to, and you, you have one question, and you, and you discuss that. It can be a number of different things. But this idea is that all of us are designed to be in community, and let's be a little more intentional with that community and how that is shaped. And we have guests that are coming regularly to Westview. Yeah. And we want them to be part of this uh, life-changing community that is Westview and followers of Christ. And that is done not only in this large gathering, but that is done through community groups. And I mean, um, we could go on. There's other ministries, but really the bottom line is serve somewhere. Yeah, I think that's what Get all, involved. Exactly. We all have gifts. Each one of us has been given at minimum a gift of the Spirit, let alone perhaps more. You have talents and abilities and qualities and qualifications that we desire to steward, that we would love to see you use. If you have the capacity of singing or doing music or counting the offering or serving in our kids' ministry or hanging out with smelly teenagers or whatever that looks like, we all need to serve, that we would love to see you use your spiritual gifts. We even have an inventory. If you go to our website, right there at the bottom spiritual of the gifts page, inventory. there is a spiritual gifts inventory. We did that a while ago as a church. If you've never done one, I'd love to help walk you through what that looks like, to help you discover what those spiritual gifts are so that you can understand them and then use them to do something with them because I know that each one of us has a passion. You all have passions. And God can use and will use those within the church community and outside of these walls as well. We never want to discredit the work that God is leading you to outside these walls as well, but also inside. What is God calling you to here at Westview? How can you serve? Yeah, and uh, something that I've been sort of bandying about is this phrase, everyone one. So everyone at Westview whether you've been here for six months or six years, but everyone won, everyone involved in at least one 
area. Everyone won. Wouldn't that be great? I know that there are people that are involved in many areas. Everyone's six. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's okay. And so maybe, Gary, get practical for a moment as we kind of bring this to a close. Yeah. Like, what are a few things we can do individually? Yeah. So maybe we can start there in our own lives. What can we do individually to grow as followers of Jesus in yeah. 2024? And then how does that kind of grow out from there? Yeah. So let's, let's wrap this up. We want to get to the, the specifics of, of, of our growth, your growth individually. And there are these things um, called spiritual disciplines. So, you know, uh, there's all kinds of disciplines that we have or lack or, or et cetera. But the spiritual disciplines, I'm going to mention a couple. One of them is we talk about community, but then there's also this aspect of solitude and silence. And I know depending on your stage of life, um, that I, you'll have to figure out where that's going to be. Like when we had when our when our when we had babies, um, it was tricky to find silence and solitude in the first few years of their life. And so you know maybe it's waking up a bit earlier or maybe it's uh, going for a walk. But the solitude and silence, but not just because it's void, but because we're spending intentionally spending a bit of time communicating with our Creator in a world that is just clamoring for your uh, cognitive attention. Um, I, in these solitude and silence times, these other spiritual disciplines, very simply, of reading a passage, passage of Scripture, memorizing a verse, praying, these very basics. And I, I've been on this for like a couple of decades, pounding on this for a while, if you will. Um, and, and occasionally I will have sort of career Christians come up to me and say, okay, Coop, we get that, but have you got something else for me? I, I think if, if it's kind of, I don't know, whatever sport, if we, if we are regularly praying, reading Scripture, and memorizing Scripture, I, I think we're 80% of the way there. So I don't think we need to go reaching far beyond solitude, silence, and some really basic spiritual disciplines. But the other thing, and again, it's consistency. It's, it's, so if it's one minute or five minutes in your day, and it's consistent five days a week, three days a week, four days a week, it's much better than saying, I'm going to do an hour a day, like your spiritual workout, and then you get to Wednesday, and you're not there anymore. The other th thing is to grow and be committed to Christ is allow your commitment to Christ reach every area of your life. We hold certain areas private. Okay, I, everywhere, but when I go to work, when I'm in my office, there I have to exemplify business acumen, which means I got to do things a certain way. Okay, but when I'm in my neighborhood, I got to, you know, when I'm in sports, and, and I get it, Maybe hard to control your emotion or your anger or your language or whatever. But allow it to reach every area. And when we fail, we say, Lord, man, did I mess up. I don't want to. I'm sorry. Forgive me and move on. And then the last thing I want to say is reach out for some accountability. Um, discipleship is about accountability. There were 12 initially, and then it grew from there. So this idea of life together, this idea of accountability. Do you have someone in your life that is a mentor or someone that you can have some good 
frank conversations with and have some accountability with. In other words, someone that's going to ask you real questions like, you know, um, have you cheated today? Have you looked at pornography today? Um, have you, you know, cheated on your taxes? Um, have you lied to me? Is there something I need to ask you? I mean, really, get to it, right? Someone you can trust. You'd go both ways, you know. You're going to say, okay, this is how it's going to be. We're going to ask each other these questions, and I know they're coming. So, pursue vital relationships personally. And I think part of that grows when you're in a community group or life group. Yeah. It's hard to find those accountability partners, those mentors. Um, I've, I've been fortunate, I've been active in trying to seek them out whenever we, in Ontario, Manitoba, I'm, I'm doing that here in Alberta. So we want to finish this morning uh, with uh, some action on your part. You, you've got those sticky notes. We're going to ask you to take those sticky notes and we're going to ask you to consider this. Uh, this uh, phrase that we're going to have for you to read, this phrase that says, Lord, with the enablement of your Holy Spirit, I commit. And you're not, what I want you to do is we're going to spend some time reflecting on it, and then on that sticky note, you're going to put your, you're either going to put your signature or your initials. You're not going to write down what it is that you're committing. What you're doing is you're just, you're, you're saying, I want to commit to, and you're going to make a, a step. It can, it can be simple, it can be ordinary, it can be extraordinary, it can be whatever it is in your mind as you, re, you pray and reflect on this. What is it that you're committing to? We invite you to renew your commitment to Christ. We invite you to renew your commitment to the church, which is the visible manifestation of Christ on earth. We invite you to do that, but then we invite you to say, we're going to also commit to something else. What is that? And once we're going to just, the music team's going to play some music. Once you've had that, then we're going to invite you to put your signature, your initials. And we're going to invite you to go and take those sticky notes and just stick them on these boards here. We also have some extra notepads and pens on either side. There's pencils in the pocket. So this is your act of making a commitment of some kind with the Lord and then signing it, if you will, on a sticky note. So we'll spend some time. You discern, and then when you feel so compelled, you bring up your sticky notes and put them on the board. That's awesome. Thanks, Gary. Yeah.